So my oldest daughter, for several months now, every once in a while, will bring this up. That she's never, ever in her lifetime been to a concert. Like a real concert. She's never actually gone to one, like in a stadium. And, and I'm thinking, I'm here, and I'm here, and I'm like, well, I didn't go to a concert, well, at least until my freshman year. Oh, that's right, you're a freshman as well. And then, you know, all these thoughts. And, and then I got words. A couple weeks before Christmas, heard the word that Adele, world-famous Adele, is coming to Michigan, which is going to be live in concert next year, September, at the Palace. And when I heard that, I'm like, this is it. That's her all-time. She loves Adele. I'm like, i got to get her tickets to Adele. And I thought, well, this would be a great family outing. I'll get four tickets to the Adele concert, September 7th, September 6th. Either night would be fine. 2016, this is going to blow away Christmas this year. It's going to be awesome. And, and I looked online at what prices were going to be for tickets when they went on sale. And it's like $35 to $50 kind of starting price. I'm like, okay, we can do $35, maybe $40, maybe $45 for tickets. So I waited and waited. And, and the time comes, this is a, a, the week before Christmas, on a Thursday morning, tickets were going on sale right at 10 a.m. So... I was, had computers lined up, ready to go on the Ticketmaster, and 10 o'clock hits, and I go in, and I'm in. And, and it tells me, it comes up, says, you are, your um, request is being considered. You are currently in line. Adele is very well loved, or whatever it said, and uh, you, we will be with you in approximately eight minutes. I'm like, eight minutes away? Eight minutes to making my oldest daughter's Christmas come true. I get to eight minutes, and the screen comes up and says, we're sorry to inform you that your request is no longer available. However, and they started listing the options that were available, and they started around $750 to $800 per ticket. Um, maybe it doesn't need to be said, but we're not going to Adele. Yeah. In fact, I found out we were, I was one of four million people around the nation that were trying to get a limited number of tickets at the different venues around the United States all at the same time. And uh, it, it kind of, do the math on that, it kind of makes sense. I didn't get tickets. Um, if you have some, I'd be willing to talk. Um, that would be a really nice Christmas gift to your past. No, I'm kidding. But... Um, <laughs> But I mean, so it goes with fame and, and music and our love for, for being around something that, that is seemingly life-changing as music and musicians and famous musicians can be. It's, it, it does um, play with our emotions and our excitement and our willingness to do whatever it takes to be around them. Um, interestingly, though, I want to contrast that story with one that played out back in 2007. It made quite a bit of news and press at the time, um, a world-famous violinist, uh, his name Joshua Bell, um, the night before this event happened, he had played to a sold-out crowd. Um, the minimum price for tickets at this venue that he played at was $100, and it went up from there. And, and people had flocked and filled the place, standing room only, to listen to this guy, this virtuoso, play his violin. And, and his violin, a $3.5 million instrument. I mean, imagine that. I'm like, whoa, don't scratch that, right? It just, and the very next day after that sold-out performance, Joshua Bell just walked into the Washington, D.C. train station, put his case on the floor, opened it up, 
got out his violin and he started to play for the people that were coming and going that busy January morning on a cold day. And rather than telling you what happened, I want to show you what happened now. minutes. He played for 45 minutes. It's estimated that anywhere from two to 3,000 people walked by during those 45 minutes. Maximum of maybe eight to 10 people even stopped or paused. Most of them, though, were checking their watches. Even if they did stop, they'd stop for just a few seconds, check their watch, and they'd be on their way. A few children, if you slow down that video, a few children actually were the ones who were stopping those that stopped. And the children wanted to stay, but the parents were like, hey, we got to get going. And people were busy to get where they needed to be. And all of this played out. And only one person out of thousands said, I've, I know who you are. Interesting experiment in humanity. This was actually done and, and put on by um, the Washington Post. They had asked Joshua Bell to do this. And they wanted to observe and just take a, a moment to study humanity. Would we, in an unexpected place, admire beauty? Maybe you know where I'm going with this today. We've just 
paused and taken a few moments out of our lives in the busyness of a busy season of the year. We paused to say, welcome into this world, baby Jesus. Uh, We've been told that Emmanuel, God with us, the promised one, the one who said he'd come, has come into this broken, fallen world to be the answer to sin and the dilemma of death and to be the one who would change lives for eternity, to be the almighty king, the king of the universe, and he comes among his people. You want to talk about being in the presence of the almighty and somebody famous and God comes. And the question is, do we notice? Outside of maybe a pause... Or maybe a a thought here or there. Or putting away our decorations now. Okay, that's over with. Thankfully, now we can get back to life as normal. How sad that would be. For God to come near. And people to just keep walking. And not even notice. Strikes me as kind of significant, really, when you think of how this king, this almighty one, the the anointed one, the, the Messiah that had been really spoken of for hundreds and hundreds of years. God had in mind the plan of how he would come and rescue his people and and how God fulfills that promise in just the right way, in just the right timing, and yet rather unexpectedly. He doesn't announce it to kings. He doesn't announce it to royalty. He doesn't announce it to the upper class. He doesn't even announce it to the middle class. Those who hear about it first and those who experience it are really in in poverty. You got the shepherds who are smelly, stinky, you know that story, and then here they are, they're out there, and and the angels appear to them. The angel says, you know, go and don't be afraid, and and go, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. He will save his people from their sin, and and the angel leaves, and they're like, let's go and see this thing, and and they hightail it to Bethlehem, and, and they see this baby, and they tell Mary and Joseph what they had been told about this child. And, and they're blown away. And it says that they, they, were, they left there and, and, and they couldn't stop talking about it because it was just as they had been told. They saw him and they were excited. They noticed. You've got this, this playing out in, in really some scripture that we don't always spend a lot of time on of what happens next. It it says that they they circumcised the baby Jesus on the eighth day, which they would have done uh, customarily as as a Jewish family. Um, And 40 days after Jesus' birth would come the purification rite. Um, This is according to what Leviticus in the Old Testament lays out in Exodus where God had laid out his ceremonial law. And and after 40 days, a a woman who had given birth and and the blood that was involved with that birthing process, and we find in the Old Testament that God takes blood very seriously and that that mother uh, would need to go through a a purification process. And and part of that purification would be to go to the temple in Jerusalem and, and as a family, they would make a sacrifice. And we learn a little bit about Mary and Joseph and their economic status and the fact that when they go to the temple, they don't sacrifice, say, a, a lamb, because that would cost a lot. Instead, what they, they sacrifice is a small pigeon or a, a dove, it says. And, and that allotment was made according to God's word and plan was for those who couldn't afford a lamb. So uh, as a very poor family, they sacrificed a bird. And uh, it says that while they're there in the temple... It happens that, that a man walks up to them. 
in, in this intriguing moment. I mean, here they are in this really busy temple. I mean, people would have been coming and going and sacrifices and worship and people from all over would be coming. In. I mean, a very, very busy, busy place. And here Mary is holding the king of the universe, the Messiah, the savior of the world. Who notices? Most people didn't. Most people just went about their business. But one man, we find out by the name of Simeon, who has the Holy Spirit. God had given him insight and discernment. He had spent time, and, and he had been told God had given him a, an assurance that his eyes would actually lay eyes on, on the Messiah, that he would, before he died, would be able to hold and see this baby. And we don't know how. We're not given this information, but he just knew. When Mary and Joseph walk in, his eyes locked in on that child. He knew, this is the one, Simeon. This is the one. And what an incredible moment that must have been in the hustle and bustle of the temple courts that Simeon takes the child from Mary, holds that child in his hands or in his arms, and blesses that child and predicts that this child would be the one. This is the, he says, now, Lord, let my, my ser- the servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Salvation for your people. Simeon would, would share this with Mary, that uh, this incredible gift of this child that would save and bring about redemption for all people. Simeon also says, but a time will come where a sword will pierce your own soul over this. A prediction that would be held up, that Joseph wouldn't be there. Joseph would be gone by the time Jesus' earthly ministry would, would begin. And, it, and, and by that time when Jesus would lay down his life going the way of the cross, that a mother's heart, her soul would be pierced seeing her child suffer in such a way. Simeon noticed. He paused. We see then that someone else noticed that day too. Another one, unlikely, um, her name Anna. Um, we don't know a lot about her. It says she's a, a prophetess. Uh, we are told that, that she was married for seven years and, and then she became a widow. And, and, and different translations put this differently. Either she had been a widow for 84 years or she was 84 years old. If she had been a widow for 84 years, more likely she was 105 or so years old. She would have been very, very, very up there in, in age. But it said that her life consisted of spending time in prayer and in worship in the temple at all times. And for this one named Anna, Anna also had been given insight into who this child was. She noticed. And not only did she notice, but she went to Mary and Joseph, and she started telling others that were coming by, do you know who this is? And she couldn't stop talking about it. Because she knew how special this Savior was. They noticed. You know, we live in times where people are busy. Everybody's got their lives going on. We, we are, you know, preconceived ideas of what the next couple days are going to hold for us. We already got it probably planned out, mapped out. We know where we need to be, when we need to be there. And, and probably the thinking is, all right, we need to get through the holidays. There's New Year's. And, and then life begins again as normal. We'll get back to life as normal. Go back to the busyness that we're so used to. And and if we would just kind of go back to life as normal, I, I think that would be very sad. Especially when we consider we're in the presence of Almighty God. The one who has come among his people. It's a bigger deal than getting tickets to go see Adele. 
It's a bigger deal than, than seeing Joshua Bell play a, a concert, no matter where that concert held, is held. It's God coming into our world, into our lives, into our neighborhood, and, and a God who isn't distant any longer, but a God who is Emmanuel, God with us, who says, I understand, I know your brokenness, I know your pain, I know your doubts, I know your fears, I know your sin. And I've come to be the one who deals with all of that in your place, to be the one who brings peace, that brings true joy, that brings uh, an ability to say enough already to everything. And to simply be still in the presence of the one who has come for us. You know, like the shepherds, they couldn't help but talk about what they'd seen as it was just as they had been told. They went and they, they told everybody about it because it was a really big deal. They couldn't help it. <laughs> you know, what happens is after an event like a train station like that, do you, do you know this, that um, it happened, there was a redo. In 2014, in September, Joshua Bell did a redo on that event, except that this time it was in Union Station in Washington, D.C., and somehow, way, the word got out and and the place was filled with people. They couldn't wait to get there. They were waiting for him when he got there. And the place was packed. And there was no tip jar at the front. Oh, by the way, the first time he made like 32 bucks. <laughs> right? There was no tip jar. No, this was, this was free. And it was to a filled crowd, a capacity crowd of people who came to hear the music to their ears. You know, God gives us a gift today. And he invites us not to just leave it in the manger, but a gift that is meant to go out and be shared. And, and the gift of his grace that is free of charge, and yet it would cost him his everything. And the one who comes to not only be music to our ears, but music to our minds and our hearts and our soul. May we celebrate that gift among us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask you to help us not to just keep walking not to be so consumed in our daily lives and busyness that we miss out on the greatest gift of beauty that this world has ever known. The music that plays of love and grace and mercy and forgiveness in, in the company of someone so famous as the creator of the world who has come near to his people to redeem them. Lord, may our mind and our eyes and our hearts and our souls be open to what we've experienced here. And may we go and tell and share and celebrate, not just one side of the year or one day out of the week, but rather every day, the gift of your presence and the music that changes our lives. It's in your name we praise you. Amen.